I'm suiting up. Welcome to Doctor Three, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Darren Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Nicholas and Major Death. Is that, is that nailed close it? Nailed it. Okay, I, good. I don't know if it was exactly last week, but it was it was it was good. <laughs> I I, I like went it. back and listened to it while I was editing, but that was obviously a few days ago. So yes. No, okay. I, I like it. I like it. Awesome. I'll keep it up. So, Mage, you want to run into our last week's poll question? Yes. Last week's poll question from episode 38 was we, we started talking about specific uh, specific topics to try and help you improve your game. And so we had an open-ended question last week. We wanted to know what part of the game did you want us to talk about next? We talked about mulligans last week. We got a number of good responses. Uh, one on hand reading, deck building, uh, especially as the meta changes, uh, using emotes to gain a psychological edge was a suggestion, spotting and learning from your mistakes. Uh, we had a couple people uh, ask us about re reviewing replays, and we will actually be talking about that today during a larger discussion about getting better at the game when you're not actually just playing the game. And string of losses. How do you diagnose the problem? And man, if I had a if I had a way to do that, I would probably be at rank five by now. Yeah, oh, it's not fun. <laughs> All right, great, so we'll move great, re great responses. Thank you yes. so much. If you have any more, you don't have to wait for another poll question like that to give them to us. Message us directly on Twitter or in our Discord. We want to hear and, and want to provide you with good information. So definitely yeah, exactly. If you have any, any ideas for show topics you want to hear, just let us know. Okay, so we'll move into the news this week. Um, up to 10 cards will have their nurse reverted according to Ixar. Um, and I will again post that in the show description for this week. So it reads, his tweet reads, planning on reverting a handful of card nerves just before the upcoming set rotation. We will share the details on exactly what those cards are in the next couple weeks, but they currently include five wild cards, four Year of the Raven cards rotating into wild, and one Year of the Dragon card. While the Year of the Raven changes may not affect standard for a few days before rotation, the Year of the Dragon card will remain the, in standard for another year. So, and that's Sludge Slurper, right? Yes. yes. So Sludge Slurper is confirmed to be being unnerfed. Um also one of the cards not being uh, unnerfed is uh the caverns below. Yes. Uh so Quest Rogue is still still dead. Or I don't know if it's still been played in <laughs> it's, wild. It's it, it doesn't, doesn't see much play in wild right now from from what I've seen. Uh, yeah. so yeah, there's, uh, I, I'm not actually not entirely surprised by that. Cause I don't know that that's going, if it came back in any way, shape or form, I mean, do you run back into the same problem of it's probably not a, a powerhouse deck, but it still is a field bad deck to lose to. And so that, and that was like the biggest reason they nerfed it to begin with. So. I, don't, I don't know. I've seen yeah. like darkest hour mechathune decks and wild. So, I mean, um, I don't feel like uh, 
unnerfed quest rogue would could be even remotely generated as the you know top 15 most degenerate things you can do in wild so i say give it back to you know four five fives i think it's still so too slow for wild but you know and if it isn't but it is what it is so unfortunately yeah we typically see like these cards that are getting uh unnerfed when we've seen that happen in the past it usually happens like that weekend right before the rotation and so there might be a couple days where these year of the raven cards might affect the meta but all in all the the biggest takeaway is the one year of the dragon card that is going to be in standard for another year and so that change is the one that's actually going to be more most impactful to the to the standard meta going forward yeah so yeah, like like we said, the Sludge Sherper is confirmed as your dragon card being reverted via Hearthstone Twitter. And the, that tweet reads, In our next update, we will be reverting nerfs to a few select cards. These will primarily be cards rotating into wild. However, included in this update will be Sludge Sherper, who will revert back to two attack, one health. So, there you go on that. Shaman of Powerhouse confirmed. That's, yes. that's, that's what... <laughs> Because that was the card that was making them real broken. <laughs> that, that was that was the linchpin. Exactly. That plus one attack changes everything. I mean, it makes a difference, but it doesn't bust Shaman. I, I mean, I think it was the uh, five mana <laughs> to double invoke. I think uh, it was just the five nerfs to Shaman, period. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Mogu Flesh Shaper being like the has to be the worst design well put it this way there's no evolved of of, uh free evolve effects maybe uh mogu flesh shaper is not that bad but (laughs) you have a zero mana evolve effect and you can get it to cost zero even the even the one mana lackey that gives you an evolve i mean and it's not guaranteed obviously but i mean there's a lot Shaman of cheap, has but, a, yeah. Shaman has a, a a few ways to generate lackeys and and both, and then neutral uh, generators of lackeys as well. It means that you're not only not only can you you know make the thing cheaper, then you can then you buff it up, and then it gets to be something far far more expensive. So so now it looks like Hearthstone Masters Tour LA is Hearthstone Masters Tour online. Because it's now online only due to coronavirus. Uh, Participants will be given up to $1,500 reimbursement for non-refundable travel. I hope that covers it. I hope that carries over from uh, the other, uh, where was it, Singapore? Bali, I think. Bali. I'm sorry, I didn't remember where it was. I hope that carries your travel. You can carry that over because $1,500 to LA, $250 to somewhere outside the u.s doesn't seem proportionate but you know i guess it makes more sense because la is the center of the known universe right <laughs> it's it's Not like the sun at all way. don't worry yeah so um sludge slurper cards chain state as being the only uh chains that will affect masters event of the weekend of march 20 to 22nd i'm counting this as a win because what I said last week was that I think this will be the only Masses tour where there's not like 
with that's going to be played on like a stable meta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in like the past three years or something. And I don't think that Sludge Slurper is going to disrupt the meta so spectacularly that people don't know what the heck they're doing. So I'm still counting this as a win for stable meta. I feel I feel you're accurate. I don't see how this reversion would uh, shift the meta in any one way, shape, or form. Hardly anybody was going to be bringing Shaman, I think, to this event even before this change was specifically announced. And no, <laughs> that, that needle ain't going to move any as a result of this change being announced. So, unless you and you unless you revert the uh, the the evokes and all those back to how it was before i think you're gonna be please no yeah i I know i i know that highlander galakron shaman thing that's been going around a little bit is (laughs) is is fun on ladder and all but i don't think it's actually a very good deck and i think vicious syndicate even said it wasn't a very good deck and so i don't know no i mean most people are going to be uh preparing for some variation of hunter uh Galakrond, Rogue, mm-hmm. um, and Big and Druid most likely, but they could also be Quest or Token. Um, to get three or four classes. Highlander four. Mage. Highlander yeah. Mage. Would yeah, Highlander be Mage. But I mean, like, do they get to bring three or four it's classes? Four. It's four. It's four band one. Yep. Four band one. Okay. And yeah, and the fourth five. class would be like Mage or Paladin or... Yeah, Mage, Paladin, uh, uh, Warlock. Warrior. Warlock could be there. Yeah, there's a couple options, but shaman shaman's not one you're gonna be really no. thinking about. But I, I mean, people, some people will bring it and trying to next level it. Be like, okay, this beats in brigand druid, but what beats that? That beats in brigand or yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. I apologize. Okay, so today's topic. Uh, is getting better when not playing the game. So we're just going to kind of uh, talk about some of the ways we feel like you can get better while not playing the game and up your game. So first... Yeah, so like, obviously the best way to improve is to do that thing. So playing more Hearthstone will get you better at playing Hearthstone. Um, But that's not always an option. Or sometimes... Um, like the practice you'd be doing is wouldn't be as effective as some of these other things that we're going to be talking about. Um, but yeah, in in general, the best way is to keep playing and play different stuff so you get more experience with uh, playing with and around um, different decks. It's a it's amazing. I've noticed, and I've noticed this in a lot of different games, where it's like you feel like you're playing, you're doing what you're doing, and then a deck comes along and like just kicks your teeth in, and then you feel like, oh, this deck is really stupidly good, and it can't be beaten, and then you build that deck, and you play it, and you're like, wow, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Like, that guy drew well or like he made he must have made some really good plays in that matchup and so yeah it's definitely one of those things that yeah i i highly recommend that while playing the game if you're getting frustrated by something build it play it and learn how to beat it Mm -hmm. so first thing we can talk about is watching pro streamers pro players 
and kind of figuring out what they're doing with their decks. Um, I mean, most of the time they're sitting there, you know, talking out their plays. And um, I know I found myself um, getting better by listening to and trying to figure out why they would make plays that I might not normally make and trying to recreate that that play to um try and try and use someone's who's experienced who's better at the game than I am to emulate them because obviously they're a pro streamer, they're a pro player, they know how to play the game better than I can. So yeah, they're putting they're putting reps into the game that are into the deck that that I'm not going to have time to put into, right? And so they've learned over the course of those games things about the deck that that maybe aren't intuitive necessarily or don't stand out as being the thing you do uh just looking at the deck, you know, as it's set up. And so yeah, seeing seeing what they're doing, I like trying to find the deck that I want to play finding somebody that talks to their plays is really important mm-hmm. and then actively watching versus passively watching. And we've, the, 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 I've seen that mentioned a few times before where you actually, at the start of the turn, you see the card come into the streamer's hands, you pause the stream right there. And then you say, I think this is the play. And then you unpause it and see what they do. And then, you know, think about how, you know, what, what are the, what are the differences, whether it be placement or what cards they play? Did they use a removal rather than just play a minion like you were suggesting or, or vice versa? And then what, what the game state would look like, you know, next turn or the turn after as a result of that, I think is uh, a good way to, to get an idea of how to play a deck. I will just put a little bit of a caveat in here. There are some streamers that are much better at this or, are better to watch to learn than others. Um, there are some really great players out there who just troll around on ladder and don't take it too seriously, um, and will like deliberately make wrong plays just for entertainment value. Um, which is, I mean, you can't they're, really they're knock on that. They are some of the best players in the world, and entertainment is more value to them while they are streaming. Um, since ladder doesn't mean anything, um, but don't take their advice. I would say, you know, like actually um, pay attention to the people who are trying to help, like trying to uh, plan out their moves, talking to their chat about why they're doing certain things. Um, yeah, just that caveat there. Mm-hmm. I'd agree, a hundred percent. And I and I would also say that like why it's different to watching like somebody that specializes in a particular class, I think tends to tends to be an advantageous thing to do. People like APX Void is really good with mage. And and so like if if I want to watch somebody playing a mage deck, he's probably the first person I'm gonna look at. Uh Jay Alexander, the same with Rogue, just really good. Uh, you know, so sometimes they don't always talk to the plays the way the way you're talking about Nicolaus and so there's not as much benefit if they were doing both but just being kind of an expert at the class and and what the things they can and can't do when when I'm looking to 
figure out how how a deck works. I feel like somebody that is exclusively working on the class could definitely bring a little extra edge uh, and, and can help me get up to speed a little faster that way. I feel like um, if I was to make a recommendation, like I like, um, I like Dog. I think Dog talks through a lot of his plays when he's playing Hearthstone. Well, he hasn't played Hearthstone in yeah. several months. So. I know, I know. I'm just looking back. I yeah. like he was a very good one, yes. um, but I don't think he's played Hearthstone on stream for like three months, four months, or something. So yeah. Oh, I I know that. I just I'm just saying that's what that's one of the players I think of. Um, I feel like Brian Kibler do, does it as well, but he plays weird stuff most of the time. So yeah, like he's good with like explaining why he's doing things but he's also playing decks that you should not be playing on ladder so <laughs> exactly <laughs> because brian kibler doesn't need to explain it to himself on <laughs> yes. how to like, win i don't with... recommend playing quest mage when mulliganing the quest is a higher win rate than actually playing it you know like yeah i know i'm just i'm just thinking of i know um, i know yeah uh, one thing I know, uh, like, I'll give an example of, like, one thing that I have learned is to use my life more as a resource um, from streamers and watching pro players and tournaments and whatnot. Because, you know, playing in a tournament is different than playing on the ladder, but there are still some core things you can really pick up. And sometimes it's hard to... um make plays that leave you vulnerable to getting hit in the face but sometimes those are the better plays to set up you know victory for yourself because your life resources are also a total and I've watched that I remember there's a few games in HTC Arl or not HTC uh, Master Shore Arlington um, that I was watching the other day and that was like I was watching a few games and they're like taking hits i'm getting real nervous about them taking and as the caster's like well i mean their life total is a resource and that's what they're playing with so that was just something specific like a very specific example of something that i've learned and had reinforced recently through watching professionals so um reading deck guides this is a very very good way to start um, in on a deck, I feel like you find a deck list that you like, and then read a deck guide, and give you. Uh, uh, the, they feel like the most helpful things like matchups and mulligan strategies as like the first thing you want to check out is like what's your deck's overall game plan and what are you looking for in your draw and what matchups. Because I feel like that's really the the most helpful thing to me is being like, okay, what what am I looking for if I'm playing Mage or in Big and Druid or you know Warlock or whatnot? So yeah, I like competitive HS. Uh, that subreddit specifically has mm -hmm. has pretty good deck guides from people that have made Legend. Those are those are uh, and then usually they provide stats to show you how they did. Uh, from rank four to legend and even in legend and that. So they, they tend to card by card, tell you why the card is in the deck. And, and so it kind of makes some sense there. 
like you said, looking at specific matchups, watching Mulligan suggestions, and then because it's Reddit, you have the opportunity to ask questions of the of the poster and then just the community at large uh, if you if something isn't covered. So I, I well I, I like when I whenever I'm starting a new deck, that tends to be one place that I look for to try and get a handle as to okay what am I doing with these 30 cards? What's, what's the win condition? What's the secondary win condition? What are, what are my, what are my things that I'm trying to do? What, how do I know if things are progressing correctly with regards to me winning this game? Mm -hmm. Cause it's not always obvious to me, I guess. Maybe I'm an idiot or something. No. <laughs> I uh, Specifically combo decks is where I really, Look at a deck that's a combo deck, and I'm like, what's the combo? And it's not always obvious to me how you get to that win condition if it's a combo deck. So I used to, and um, when I first get a deck, um, I will generally try and play in casual to um, try it out and figure out what it's, you know, how it feels. But having a mulligan guide and reading a deck guide first is such a big help. It really just makes me, I feel like, make better decisions much sooner than if I were to just try and figure it out on my own. So it is definitely helpful to do that. And then you can discern your own choices from there and figure out how you want to play the deck. So just because they say keep Sludge Slurper, always keep Sludge, sludge Slurper on turn one, doesn't mean that's the best thing in the world, but maybe you like keeping, you know, lightning bolt on one instead. Just I, I I'm just you grabbing one drop. Look on Nicolaus's face to what Derek said. That was that was priceless. I was wasn't bad. I wasn't legitimately <laughs> going for an example. I was just naming another one drop card. So yes, I wasn't saying that's a real thing. <laughs> Okay, just as long as we're clear on that. That warning, <laughs> warning. That was not an actual example. I was naming cards off the top of my head. <laughs> I didn't think uh, I had to put a disclaimer on it. I thought <laughs> I thought that was obvious, but I it may have been obvious, but my reaction was still <laughs> genuine. <laughs> um, I, my opinion on deck guides is that it's a good starting place if you're not able to actually play a game like uh if you're on a bus or something and you know you have access to the internet but uh playing a game isn't something ideal um but yeah the like i guess the mulligan guide is the most valuable thing if they include it otherwise i think just getting into a game and queuing it up and actually seeing how it plays feeling getting a feel for it is uh more valuable um but yeah this is it's a, it's a good starting point see i can i can make it look like i'm doing work when i'm reading a deck guide yeah. on reddit i cannot make playing hearthstone it no. <laughs> like this look like work no i'm just doing yeah. web stuff don't worry yeah, about yeah, it yes yeah, it's, it's you not know a stuff don't don't, don't yeah. i'm developing yeah, exactly. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah uh okay so next we have read meta reports vicious syndicate reports uh talk about the meta popular decks good and trap cards within the deck 
HS Replay. Find decks and see Mulligan's advice based on win reads. So that, I mean, if you have a actual HS Replay subscription, you can really get it broken down as matchup, very matchup specific, and see what the highest win rate cards are for a Mulligan for a like the matchup you're having the most trouble with, like throwing away the quest if you're playing, you know, combo priest in the last meta. For what? Uh, what was it? It was um, Hunter last meta. You would uh, you're playing uh, uh, quest hunter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing the uh, Highlander quest hunter, and one of the worst matchups was the Highlander priest, and I found that. Oh, sorry, with, with the combo priest, and one of the uh, things that I found was that mulliganing the quest on turn one, since you're unlikely to ever complete it, uh, and trying to get more early removal uh, to stabilize the board was uh, better. Uh, but that was a very niche situation. Yes, I know, but I'm, you know, I'm yeah. citing something that you'd found through. Yeah, that's not something it. that you would find just with the free like i don't even think that deck was on uh hs replay but if it was i don't think that uh you know mulliganing request would ever be a like something that a free um user would be able to know. see yeah. yeah exactly so um so vicious syndicate has a long long report um it is interesting um, if, you know, you could read it all. If you, you really want the breakdown of it, you can go to the specific class um, if you just want information on that, or you can just look at the deck. Um, that's normally what I do. I just see what does Vicious Syndicate say is, like, the base deck. Um, I, I'll take that. And I'll play a bunch of games with it. And if there's something I'll need changing, then I'll do it myself from there. But uh, they're both really good resources to get um, like the, the standard um, deck that you'll most likely be seeing on ladder. Um, and they'll normally indicate like the flex cards, but uh, that could change depending on uh, what you're playing mostly. Going up again. I mean, it's all about again. They've got con all you know thousands of contributors that are submitting data to these reports. So you're seeing again way more games than you yourself are going to actually be able to uh, to to put in. So that data, it, you know, you can use it to your advantage, and so you don't have to actually play all those games to see see uh, you know which which cards aren't performing as well. And so they, you know, they kind of tend to point out those cards and they'll show you the cards that that can be flexed out that that makes sense based on all the matchup data they have. And HS replay is nice because they do have a similar deck feature that that, you know, if you have a specific deck that you're looking at and you're trying to figure out how you want to tech it or or what if I what if I was to change this card, what would it look like? And uh It'll show you if it's got data for other other decks that are very close to this one that maybe one or two or 
you know, a handful of cards are subbed out, you can see what the, what that does to the win rate. And then obviously the mulligan choices and things like that as well. So, um, yeah, it, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's very nice. The only thing I'll say, um, especially when it comes to HS replay is use statistics wisely. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of useless stuff. Um, one of the things that you basically always, always, always ignore is drawn as a played win rate. Like that, that with that statistic is absolute garbage, ninety nine percent of the time. And to be honest, they should remove it because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like one of the highest played win rate cards in the game is like Pyroblast. Because <laughs> if you're playing Pyroblast, you're winning the game with Pyroblast. Leroy, Leroy Jenkins is always right up there top of the deck yeah, and the reason is, is you play that card when you're hitting them in the face for lethal so yeah more often than that so yeah i i tend to i tend to look at the uh the popularity of the deck because it'll mm-hmm. show a chart showing the popularity of the deck so i can see how popular it is i also want to look at the that they do a graph that shows the win rate over time and i tend to want to look at you know uh what it's done recently in that graph and if 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 something has a good win rate but is currently like way down below that win rate that might mean that people have figured out how to play against that deck and so then that win rate might not be accurate to what it looks like right now to play that same deck so keep keep that in mind as well mm-hmm. so next up we're going to talk about review of replays from my own games or whoever's playing the deck um, so it's, it's really, this is one of the harder ones to talk about because you have to be in a good state of mind to be able to look at this, uh, look at a replay that you'd played and, um, have good insight and not have, you know, confirmation bias go off. Or you have to be able to just objectively look at your game and try and figure out, did I make the correct play at this point in the game? Did I make the best plays? Did I play to my outs? So um, I like to generally um, cover, like, I'll, I'll watch it a couple times if I'm really trying to glean something. And I will cover my opponents, you know, I'll hide my opponent's cards because, you know, as you're watching a replay, it will show you if they played that card, it'll show when they came into the the hand. So, so I generally try and look at it only from my perspective at first and try and see if I feel like the plays I'd make at that point in time were the best plays I could make. Then I'll go back and watch it again and kind of observe the game fold out and just kind of look at it again and see if I still think those were the best plays. Um, And the answer should be, you know, your answers probably should stay the same. Either you think you made the right move or the wrong move because you don't get to see your opponent's cards when they come into their hands and you don't get to, you don't know what they have in their hands. 90% of the, you know, 90% of the time, unless it's something very specific. Um, so 
I like to try and keep it on my perspective and look through the game and see what what I can do because I feel like if you're looking at your opponent's hand, you're kind of just looking at a little bit of a tilt factor because you're like, oh, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. Oh, he absolutely needs to have it this turn and he draws it and he gets bailed out and and I lose the game because he was able to pull that flame strike and clear my board or the frost Nova and set up a turn to or two turn lethal because he pulled the frost Nova and then he pulled a blizzard off the top. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's just, I try and focus on the board in my hands and try and look at and see, do I feel like I made the most efficient play um, I could have made? So that's what, I generally do when I'm looking at a replay. Um, I know, Mage, you said you look at your own replays. Uh, I do. I don't do it as much as I should. And there's two types of things that I look at when I tend to look at replays. The first thing I will use replays for specifically, and I will do it immediately after the game, is if I missed lethal. If there was any point in which I feel like I missed lethal, I want to it immediately and figure out what the deal is so i will pull up the replay even even when i'm on stream and stuff i will pull up the replay go to the turn where i think i may have missed lethal and try and figure out if there was actually a lethal there and uh you know whether whether it be because i ran out of time that maybe i didn't find it or maybe it was a bit complicated that sort of thing but i those those are the things i i want to see first and those and those are the things that i want to find out right away because i feel like i might get into that situation again soon and so i want to find those plays out right away the second thing i would look at or the second thing i would do with replays is is i want to try and look at them after a little bit of time, so um, maybe uh, the next day or, or or something like that, where maybe I don't have fresh in my mind specifically what I did, and then I want to do it like I'm watching somebody, like I'm watching somebody else, like I'm watching a streamer, watching looking at somebody else's replay, where I want to again pause and try and suggest a play before every turn. I don't typically like hide or cover my opponent's hand just because you know part of what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to play around things and and sometimes i play around things even though i shouldn't play around things like i'm playing around something that isn't going to happen for two turns or i'm playing around something that you know uh it wouldn't be advantageous for them to do and so i tend not to worry about that per se but I'm looking, one thing I am looking at is, um, you know, as I'm going through this, I'm looking for pivotal moments in the game where I could have done something different, where maybe I had two plays thought of and I ended up going one direction or I ended up going the other direction. And I try and figure out based on the replay what the next, what, if I'd have gone the other way, what what does the game then look like the next turn and the turn after that, you know? And obviously things will change and I don't necessarily know exactly how it'll play out after that, but I want to find those kind of, you know, crossroad turns and try and see see what 
potentially could have happened? Could I have put myself up in a position where I had outs and I didn't do that because I went this direction instead? And so I look for those sorts of things and, and try and, you know, over those next couple of turns, try and figure out what, what I can do with it. And then, you know, I, I think that trying to review your own replays can be tough because again, you, you like a lot of times I feel like I made the right play. Right. And so mm-hmm. you, you find, find a community post a replay and ask for feedback on your games. And I, and I know Nicholas, you have some experience answering those calls. So, uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I've been, I'll get to like coaching later, but I've done that. And I've also just, generally looking at replays and pointing out mistakes. Um, if, if you're asking for help, like, chances are you, like, you're asking for help with somebody who's better than you. Like, you're not going to ask uh, someone worse than you what they would have done because they're not going to get any helpful answers. Um, and that person who's better than you should have some insight as to why you made a mistake. Um, you know, there is, for example, the playing around. Like, is it correct to play around a certain card? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is you just got to hope they don't have it. <laughs> like, sometimes the answer is yeah. if they have it, you lose. Yep. So go for it and see if they have it. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's not always something that you can assess uh by yourself uh, especially in the moment um you know like sometimes you have to go all in um and for me the best time um or the best way to review a replay is on a call with that person and having them walk through why they made each decision the way they did so, you know, turn one, what did, why did they play this one drop instead of this, this other one? Or, you know, why did they use this removal at this time? Um, why did they play this minion instead of this minion later on? Like, all these decisions that they could have made, I want to know why they made them. So I can either say, yeah, you did the right thing and you just got punished and it happens. Or no, that was the wrong decision to make, and this is, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, why you should have done the other thing. Um, and that way, they're not only getting, like, they're not just being told they're wrong, they're being told how they, like, why they were wrong and how to improve on it next time, which is a little bit harder to do if you're just um, putting it in, like, a a text chat on Discord or something. It's like, show your work. Yeah, it's harder to put on the nuance, like, mm-hmm. um, and then there are times where, like, so you you just make a mechanical mistake, you know, where it's like, well, there's not much you can learn from this other than remember to, you know, uh, trade properly or like uh, a sequence, wait, a sequence again. Make and, sure, you, make sure you do this. Before. Yeah, like I know, I know when I do playing on my phone occasionally, I will zone out and I will drag the wrong card onto the field 
Yeah, exactly. Like, and if, that's if just something like, like that happens, you can't really learn from it. It's just a don't do that again. Exactly. It's like, pay attention. And sometimes I still zone out and do things. And it's like, well, I screwed myself there. And yeah. that's all there is to it. It was a mistake. That wasn't the plan play I was planning on making. Yeah. So um, if you are in the coin plays, want me to look at them, tag me. You can also send them to the Doctor 3 Discord if you're in here. Um, yeah. I'll take a look at them as well. I don't have a problem with that as long as you're not sending me like 15 replays a day. <laughs> At that point, I might ask you to slow it down. Um, but asking for help for your replay is always a good idea. Um, there's only so much you can improve by doing it yourself because you're asking somebody of your own skill level, right? Like mm-hmm. asking a rank 5 player to help a rank five player you're probably gonna get rank five results you know like what which is fine if you guys have like different ideas of like you know one person's trying to learn how to be an aggro like be more aggressive and the other person's trying to learn how to be more controlling you know you can help each other but um generally it's a good idea to um find somebody better than you and ask for help um exactly let me let me ask you a question about this. So I, I've not actually done a lot of posting of replays to ask for for feedback. I uh, I'm lucky enough that I can get feedback in almost real time when I when from, from Twitch chat. But uh, how like when you're asking for help, do you want specific questions like what should I have done on turn six or did I use my my AOEs effectively if I'm trying to learn control or something like that? Or do you want a more, like most of the time when I see people asking for help, they're like, I went two and eight and here's here's some replays. What could I have done better? And I, I guess my question is, is, is from, from somebody that's trying to answer that, is it better to get just a, a, an open slate to to give feedback, or do you want spe- to be asked a specific question and provide feedback on that? The latter is generally someone who's tilted and is frustrated and is just this game sucks. Like you couldn't do any better, you know. Like someone who's not really um, wanting to learn, I would say, and is just posting their replays because they're upset. Um, and that's not really helpful. Um, if somebody has a specific game where they had a chance to win and then they threw it away, that is something that I can look at and help. But if you're in an unfavored matchup or your opponent gets the nut draw or, you know, whatever, you drew com- you drew completely awfully, you know, um, you know you're not going to win. Sorry, if you ha- if you're playing... Highlander Mage, and you do a full mulligan, and your opening hand is Reno, Caligos, um, Luna's Pocket Galaxy, Flame Strike. I'm sorry, you're not winning that game. <laughs> yep. But uh, if if your opening hand is something a lot more reasonable, and you think that you should have won, and then you lost, that's something that you can that I can work with at least. Um, yeah, if 
you can, yeah. It's not conducive to help somebody who's just throwing replays up because they're frustrated, um, because they're not in the mindset of learning. If somebody posts a replay and it's like, I'm not sure what I did wrong. It doesn't even have to be a specific turn. It's just, I don't know what I did wrong and I need help. I can work with that. Okay. If they have even more specific, like a specific turn where things went sideways, then that's even better, but it doesn't need to be. Okay. okay. So that kind of uh, leads us into next thing you can do is get coaching from someone who's better. Nikolai's basically yes. just said it. If you, I was a coach on Gamer Sensei. I think I'm still there. I don't. I haven't checked in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I've done a couple coaching sessions with a bunch of different people, um, and all of them have a different mindset of how they wanted to play, and like that led to different problems. Um, and getting help from somebody who's basically seen it all is a lot of help. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would advise getting, like, there's some, like, pros who are on there who are, like, really expensive, and I don't think that's worth it. I think just any player who can regularly reach Legend and does it with a wide variety of decks and, um, you know, has been around for a while to see a whole bunch of different metas, like, anyone like that is super helpful in getting to learn it they don't have to be a pro player if you're wanting to get help from a pro player like you should be a high level legend player looking to take that extra step and going pro even though that's not really an option right now hearthstone esports yes yes but besides the point yes (laughs) if you're a rank five player talk to the legend the regular legend player if you're a top 200 legend player and want to go pro Maybe go see if Muzzy's available to tease you. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I um, have. Have you? Have you ever done? Uh, Daring. Have you ever gotten coaching from somebody before? Uh yeah. It's wicked good. Gave me a coaching session the month I hit legend with Shutterwalk. So, I, I basically it for me. Yeah. I get. I get. Uh, coin concede i get a a monthly coaching session but uh the very first time i did coaching i actually got uh coached from freshka and uh got to uh i was trying to learn zoo warlock and it was uh like that would have been uh 2015 uh so zoo warlock was actually good at that point and it was the first time I had actually gotten higher than 10. And uh, I I learned a bunch of things, including just sometimes you put the knife jiggler down and then the, Le- and then the uh, uh, even though, or sometimes you put the Leroy down even when the opponent knife jiggler up in the mirror match and hope that those knives don't go and kill your Leroy if that's what you have to get lethal. And because both of them have to hit. and. Only one of them hit, and I ended up winning a game as a result of that. And so I remember that to this day because it's just, it was really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, pick out who I'd say, do a little bit of research, aim for someone who's uh, able to help you obtain your goals. Don't shoot too high. You're not going to, if you're a rank five player, you're probably not going to get as much out of a pro player as you would just a regular 
legend player. You know what I mean? Like, and don't like the coaching doesn't end after you hang up. Like, mm-hmm. if if you just like listen to them as the coaching session is going on, and then you go back the next day and you completely disregard everything that you just learned, like that's not helping you. Like, think about what they're saying. Understand why they say. It. They have to take notes and take notes, but like actively put those elements that they're telling you to into your game and you will start to see results it's not like you'll hit legend that month it might take a few months but it's a step towards improving your game um so i yeah just if you can do coaching it's a great way to do it to improve um unfortunately this is one of the few ways that is um generally cost gated because most coaches don't do it for free yeah exactly so if you have the money and want to invest it in you know getting better then maybe a coach is good option for you and finally the last one we'll just hit real quick is use a deck tracker um you'll be able to pick up a lot of useful information um but I feel like one of the most piece of, useful pieces of information is when it tracks your opponent's hand, and you can see what they kept in the opening, kept what they kept in the mulligan, um, and when they draw on things and how long things have been in their hand. Um, it gives you an idea and some insight into what's in their hand. So it's probably the the most useful thing, and obviously you keeps track of what you have and what your percentage is on drawing something is too, obviously. Yeah, I mean, using a deck tracker is kind of in the game, but, like, downloading it is out, so... And just and just the simple act of downloading and installing it will help a lot. Okay. Um, for the reasons that you mentioned, the mulligan is probably the most important thing. Um, if you're kind of new to a deck, remembering what cards are remaining in, um, so you know what your outs are, is also helpful. Um, keeping track of your opponent's removal um, can be nice as well. It it gets it. It brings the game down a level in difficulty, um, which is a good way to to get to learn it. You know, like you don't have to keep track of what's in your deck, what's in your opponent's hand, what how long they've kept it. You know, what the odds are of whatever. You know, it it, it brings it down to an easier level. Yes, it makes it much more digestible without having to pay attention to every little thing and write things down. It's a lot to have to do that at like a live event um, or just try and remember. And pro players do it, but there's a reason why they're pro players. (laughs) Yeah, I I find that I can... I, I have a hard time playing Highlander decks without a deck tracker just because I have a hard time remembering what is still in my deck and uh you know some of these some of these classes or some of the the cards like galakron rogue and galakron warrior where you're where you're pulling cards out of your deck when you play the galakron it's kind of nice to see what what you might get when you put when you when you do when you do that when you play that card and, and that battle cry goes off the other thing i think that's under uh under stated i guess when it comes to using a deck tracker is that it kind of keeps it keeps track of your your uh 
win-loss rate for you. So it's not something you have to worry about. And like a lot of times we get recency bias and think that like, I, this is, I'm doing terribly with this deck. This deck is bad. And, and like, it feels like I've lost a million games in a row, but I've only actually lost four games in a row. And before that I went on like an eight game win streak. So it'll, it'll, it'll help bring things back into perspective when things feel like they're spiraling out of control. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you, you don't have to be, I, when, when I'm not using deck tracker, I used to, when I was on my phone playing, I would actually keep manually track of wins and losses and opponents, uh, in a little notebook, but this deck tracker obviously does that, does that for you. Exactly. It also can help you, it can help you figure out, uh, you know, matchups where maybe you're not doing so well and then you based on win loss rate, and then maybe you can go use that as the starting point to go figure out where you know, why that, why you're having issues there. Exactly. That is a very good point. So there is just one other thing I kind of wanted to talk about when it comes to um, the deck trackers. We kind of mentioned it a little bit before with the, uh, it keeps track of your opponent's hand. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think hand tracking is, hand tracking wasn't a question that was asked a response to in the poll question and as someone who did spend a lot of time trying to learn it trying to you know put in time and effort into like understanding it uh, i think it's severely overrated um i think there is very little value in it outside of whatever a deck tracker can provide um basically if you find that your opponent like the the best thing you can do is know that your opponent kept a card in the mulligan and they haven't played it for like three or four turns. And you can be like, well, it's probably a removal spell or something, you know? Um, but like how often like they hover over or how often they like, like that doesn't really matter. Um, mm. I, like I said, I think the only value you get is knowing that they kept this card in the mulligan and they've had it for X number of turns without playing it. Therefore, I can assess that it, you know, if it's a control warrior I, and they haven't played it and you're playing aggressive deck, it's probably Brawl. Like, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't take a genius to figure out that, you know? Um, and if you're like a slow deck, uh, it might be uh, Dr. Boom or something, you know, like. You can make the logical deductions, um, but just as in in general, it's not a skill worth pursuing unless your goal is to be a pro player in a place where deck trackers aren't allowed, but that isn't a case anymore. Like deck trackers are allowed universally, as far as I'm aware. Like even the people who are doing grandmasters. I'm pretty sure they're allowed to have deck trackers because they're except doing for online. yeah, exactly. Except for masters tours, and we'll see what they do about this. Now that yeah, like, unless yeah, unless you're planning is to go, unless you're planning to go to masters tour in person events, you know, like I don't think that it's worth developing. And if you are, then you're a very high level player anyway. 
um, assume because you won a tournament or play stop eight, and I think it's six of them. So, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to touch on that really quickly, just to knock that out of them. Yeah, it's a pretty good. I think it's a really good uh, observation to make as well. So yeah, because I was there. I was that person who was trying to learn how to hand read, who thought it was a valuable skill, um, and it only helped me like it. It didn't help me as much as the time I put into it. Uh, let's just put it that way. It's fair. And most of the time, it doesn't matter. Like if you, it, it doesn't help against if your opponent top deck something. No. <laughs> it does not. No. Okay, Mage, you want to give us this week's poll question? Okay, this week's poll question, we talked a lot about different things that you could uh, use or do outside of just playing the game to get better. One of those things was a deck tracker, so we're curious. Are you using a deck tracker when you play a majority of your games? Uh, so it doesn't have to be all the games, like if play most of your games on your computer and you have a deck tracker like I do and then play occasionally on your phone and those you don't, I'd say, say yes. Uh, otherwise, if you play most of your games on your phone and you don't have a deck tracker, then then no. So yes, no question. Let us know, are you using a deck tracker when you play most of your games? And we will talk about the results on next week's show. Awesome. Speaking of the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can email the show at dr3hs at gmail.com. Uh, please feel free to leave us feedback on iTunes or whatever podcaster you use. And you can find me on Twitter at Daring Alkaline. Nicholas? You can find me on Twitter at Nicholas123. And as I've mentioned, I am in both the Dr. Free Discord as well as Coin Conceit. Yes. And Major Deb. I am in uh, in in the Discord Mage Death. I on Twitter at Mage Death. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can find me on Twitch, salting it up, especially when I'm losing at Twitch.tv/slash Mage Death as well. <laughs> I mean, I get salty too. I don't get my brother level of salty, but <laughs> I, a few people do. I think uh, having watched him. A fair amount, but yeah. yeah, last week's been a roller coaster. So it's been... <laughs> shout, shout out to Tier Five. So, <laughs> um, anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in, and as always, you've been listening to Doctor Three.